welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Sitting there, he was, he was asking for alms from the, for the poor. He wanted money. Remember what Peter and John did? They looked at him intently. They said, silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they lifted him up, and he started leaping, it says. He started jumping up and down. He's like, his, his legs would, finally were working, right? Do you remember what happened after that? Remember, he went into the temple, and the people marveled because they knew this man was lame. They, they, they recognized this man from the gate beautiful, and they were like, we know this guy. Why is he walking? And they were marveling at Peter and John. Remember, they were like, they were thinking that there's some kind of gods or something. And he says, why do you look at us so intently like we, out of our goodness, that we've done something to heal this man? They said, it's the, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, his son, Jesus Christ, who you had crucified. Because of faith in Jesus, this man was healed today. But you know what he went on to say? He told them, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, listen, that your sins may be blotted out, listen, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So he's telling all of those that, that, that had Jesus crucified, that wanted Jesus crucified, to say, this man that you're seeing here that's jumping up and down, Jesus healed this man. But you need to have your sins blotted out, that you might have times of refreshment. Have, do you have times of refreshment from the presence of the Lord? I know I do. Those of you that, are, that have walked with the Lord for a while, those of us that have walked with the Lord for a while, I believe we need to be careful not to lay heavy trips on new believers that God's not putting on them. Rules and regulations. You need to do this. You need to do that. You have to say this. You have to walk this way. You have to talk this way. You have to look this way. You have to do this and do that. And I, I, I believe we have to be careful. We have to let the Holy Spirit do the work in their lives just as he did in our lives. My brother and sister, my brother-in-law and my sister, when my sister prayed with me to receive the Lord, she kept pointing me to Jesus and the Word of God. Jesus and the Word of God. Jesus and the Word of God. They weren't like, you know, army sergeants saying, nope, you got to get this, you got to do this, you got to say that, you can't walk with this person, you can't go down that street, you can't talk to that person, you can't go to that place anymore. They didn't do any of that. I would have problems, you know, run into situations, say, what do you think I should do? They'd say, let's pray. Let's go to the Word. He writes to the little babies. He's saying, because your sins are forgiven you, you know the Father. You know you're part of the family of God. You keep going to Daddy. You keep going to the Father. You keep looking at the Word. You keep seeking the things of God. Realize your sin's forgiven, and you walk in the Holy Spirit. Tuesday night, we have our Tuesday night Bible study. And this past Tuesday, my wife and I, we were totally, totally wiped out. We've been ministering to an elderly couple on our days off, and anytime we can, this couple for the last two months. And so every moment we have, we've been over there and just, you know, doing different things, helping them, feeding them, helping, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, good stuff. But we were just wiped, and I, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, take your wife home, you know, just go home. So Dave was teaching Tuesday night. I says, Dave, can you close out the night? And da 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 da. And he said, Yeah, no problem. So we, we left, and I was, I was hungry though, so we stopped at Chipotle's. So imagine that. So. <laughs> And as we're walking in, there's this sweet lady. She's there, and she's sitting down, and she's got her head down. She's praying over her food, you know. I thought, that is so sweet. I don't see that that. Do you see that that often? I don't see that that often. 
So we sat down right next to her, and I says, I noticed you prayed over your food. And she says, yeah. She says, yeah, I just, you know, wanted to just take this time. And I said, that's so wonderful. And so we started talking with her, and she, did, after a short period of time, we could tell she's a fairly new believer, kind of a, you know, fairly new, you know, just, and then she was telling these things that are going on in her life, and this is going on in her son's life, and this is going on, and, and just all this stuff's happening in her life. And I'll tell you, my flesh just wanted to say, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to do this, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that. Well, you said you did this, you should never do that. <laughs> There's your prescription, Pastor Joe. Here, take that, go. <laughs> but, but the Holy Spirit was prompting me, just pray for her. And I truly had to bite my tongue some of the times, like, la, 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 la. And right there in Chipotle, I said, can I pray for you? And she says, I would love that. So my wife and I, you know, we, we put our hand on her. We just started praying. And, and, you know, as we're praying, the Lord was just ministering in a special way. And I quoted a scripture that I, I rarely quote. And it's, you know, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into and are, and are safe. And, I, and I, so I quoted that. And I'm praying. And I just feel the Lord, you know, his presence there. And she says, basically, she says, well, why did you quote that? I said, I don't know. I rarely quote that scripture. She goes, she goes my friend, I was going through a difficult time. Look, she texted me that put that scripture today and I said that's God's love for you and she was just like blown away she's like you know I think we were walking out she's thinking are these angels or something like that she's like, <laughs> and we were blown away we have to be careful with the new believers encourage them their sins are forgiven when you fall get back up seek the Lord get back up go after the things of God get back up and seek the word of God get back up and continue to pray get back up and just seek the Lord that loves you your sins are forgiven you go and sin no more go and just seek the Lord the second group that I want to point out in verse 13 he says, the young men, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And then in verse 14, I have written to you, young men, again, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. These are the ones that are growing spiritually. They're seeking the Lord. As you notice, they, the word of God abides in them. They, they have a daily walk with the Lord. They spend time daily in the word and they're becoming strong and, and the wicked one is not, over, not overtaking them. They're not falling to Satan's tactics anymore. They're not falling to the temp, same temptations over and over again. They, they're having victory. This is a mark of a maturing Christian, a maturing believer in Jesus. And I, I pray that, you know, if you're a new believer here, you've known the Lord for two days, then now you've got to grow up. No, no, no. <laughs> if you've known the Lord for a little while, but it's... It, 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 it's time to continue to grow up in the things of God, to, to have victory over temptation, to have victory over the wicked one. We're in a battle, guys. I've met believers that don't even really believe in the, the spiritual realm of darkness and evil. And, it, and that's, pretty, that's a dangerous place to be in because there is a wicked one, and we can overcome the wicked one by the word of God, by our faith, and he wants us to have victory. But if you don't know the word of God, you're in trouble. I mean, it's okay for a while. God's grace is on you as a new believer. He's all over you like this. I, I believe when I was a new believer, it was like the, I was like, it's almost just the craziest thing. It's like I was like floating with Jesus. I was just, I just was loving Jesus. It was, Jesus, you're so great. And I, I believe it's just like a cloud of protection around me. He was just watching over. He was protecting me. But then it's like with a little child, you know, you take off the training wheels, you know, and then they're like, 
going down the street like this with their little bicycle and trying to make it straight. And then they finally that they're smooth. And I, you know, if, did you go through that stage yet? I remember going through that stage. It's like, oh no, no, no. It's like, it's almost like, where are you, God? Where did you, did you leave me or what? He's like, no, I'm, I'm teaching you to walk by faith. I'm teaching you to walk trusting my word. I'm teaching you to walk in my ways. I, I'm teaching you that you can have power by my Holy Spirit. And you can overcome the wicked one. And as the temptations come, as the attacks would come, and the Bible say, oh, yeah, okay, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Why am I afraid? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And just the word of God, just, you know, just abiding in me and then I'm able to fight the good fight of faith and able to trust that the Lord is in control no matter what happens in my life. God is on the throne. He's working all things together for good for those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. Are you overcoming the wicked one? Or are you being overcome by him? Are you having victory over your sin or is sin having victory over you? God wants you to have strength. He says, I write to you, young men, because you were strong. And God wants you, young women and young men of the Lord, those that are maturing in God, he wants us to have the power of the Holy Spirit and to realize we have power over the enemy. Is the word of God abiding in you? Are you spending time in the word of God? Are you, you have a daily devotional time just studying the word? Because he wants to give you victory over the wicked one. We're in a battle. Guess what? The battle's won. We are more than conquerors. We're in a battle, but guess what? The enemy's lost already. And sometimes I believe, you know, we walk around like the enemy's victorious, like the enemy's winning. No, we're winning. We're going to win. We're on the winning team. Did you read the end of the book? Where's the devil going? Let me remind you, the lake of fire. For how long? Forever. He's on the losing team. We're on the winning team, guys. Are we maturing in the things of God? Did you know our human bodies, our physical bodies, are growing every day, every hour? Did you know? I know mine's growing a little bit too much lately. <laughs> Yogurt land. Man. I told my wife, I said, what are you doing? You're shrinking my clothes. <laughs> our body's continually growing. Did you know every hour, 200 billion cells in our body die off? just to be replaced with 200 billion new cells every hour? 200 billion cells. Did you know that's 2 million cells per second that die off? 2 million cells second. Okay, ready? Second. 2 million are dead. About 30 million just died as I just was quiet there for a second. We're made up, they say, I mean, you don't even know what to believe. All these different these figures, but some say like we're made up of like seven, 70 trillion cells in our bodies. Trillion cells. We're constantly losing and we're constantly building new ones and fresh ones. And it's a, a constantly a growth that's taking place in our human bodies. How about this one? Do you know that over a 24-hour period, you lose about one million skin cells? That's pretty gross, isn't it? In one year... On the average, we shed about eight pounds of dead skin. Eight pounds. You don't, know, you don't want to know what happens to it, because I read it, and it's pretty. my wife asked me, and I said, you don't want to know. But we're constantly making new 
cells, new skin cells, new cells. Our, our body's constantly growing. And again, as believers, I, I believe this encouragement for us today is to realize as believers, if you're continually seeking the Lord, you're growing spiritually. Even if you don't realize it, there's growth taking place in your life. Do you realize all those cells are dying off and the new ones? I don't know what's going on right now. Do you? No. And I don't know what God's doing inside of me, but I know that he's doing a work. And he's going to continue to do a work as I put him first in my life. And he's doing a work in you. We don't always see it. We don't always feel it. But we need to trust by faith he is at work. He's working in us. It's God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He's at work constantly. Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But he said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. That might be for someone today. You might need to put away some childish things that you can grow up in the things of God. When we first started the church back in 2003, matter of fact, May 18th, this 18th of this month, it'll be 14 years that the Lord started a work here. The first five years were crazy. There's people here, I'm looking around, they were here with us, and they know. There was just a, it was just a, a intense work. When we first started, there was two families. It started off with my wife and I and two families, and the two families, you know, lasted for a little while. They had a dispute. They had an argument. One family left the church. It was our first church split right there. We had one family. The first five years, we met at the, the women's club down the street, a little tiny, little teeny little place. It was so wonderful. We were there for seven years and seven months and seven days. In the first five years, I, I'm telling you, I believe the first five years of the, the church, it wasn't for church growth. It was for growth for us, for myself, for my wife, for those that were serving there with us. The growth took place in us, and I, I really believe it was so intense. God started this work by a miracle. As you know the story, the, the whole Vivian story, she says, come to my house. I says, no, Calvary Costa Mesa. No, I'm not going to come to your house. This is my house. We're here five days and five nights. She goes, no, you must come to my house. I said, can't come to your house. Next day, we're praying over the land. I'm knocking on her door. Didn't even know it was her house. She opens the door, and, she's, and I says, well, you invited me to your house, didn't you? True story. Condensed story, but true story. So we knew that we knew that we knew that God started the work. So it's like, if we didn't know that, we would have packed our bags 10,000 times over and said, this is it, we're out of here. This is, this is a work of the devil. This is just so intense. But the Lord was saying, no, 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 no. I want church growth, but the church growth is going to be you first. You need to grow. And I'll tell you what, it was intense, but it was wonderful. Learning all these different situations and what to do, what not to do, and what, you know, all these crazy things that you learn when you're planting a church. God desires to do work. And sometimes it's not fun. And sometimes it's pretty intense. And sometimes suffering is part of the work that he's doing in us. It's, a, it's you know, there's suffering that goes on. There's heartaches that happen. And, and in the human sense, we want to run away from heartache. We want to run away from intenseness. We want to run away from suffering. We want pleasure. We want fun. We want, we want to just sing kumbaya and forget all that bad stuff. Well, then don't grow. Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, he said that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, no longer to be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine 
by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ Jesus Christ. God doesn't want us to be tossed to and fro with just all the, this, this crazy doctrine that's out there, all this, you know, kumbaya, tickle your ears type of stuff. And yeah, we can go to churches and just have, you know, be, hear these ear-tickling things. But God says, no, I want you to grow up to be more like my son Jesus. So the young men, back in our text, the third group, and the last group we're going to look at, the fathers. The fathers, these are ones that are spiritually mature in the Lord, that have spent time with the Lord. He says, because, listen to this, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And then he repeats it. Verse 14, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. This group, I believe they... They know that they're forgiven of their sins like the young ones, like the new believers. They have overcome the wicked one. They are strong. They're in the word, just like the young believers. But they're at this point, and they realize they have a single focus, and their single focus is to know him who is from the beginning, which is Jesus Christ. They have a single focus, which is Jesus. And, and I want to encourage us is this, you know, the, the most important thing can be as believers here today that we keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus, loving Jesus. Sometimes as young believers or as those fighting the good fight of faith, we can just get, just get so caught up in the, in the battle or so caught up in doctrine and teaching and all that's good stuff, but then we can lose the, that place of first love with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's loving Jesus. That's when true maturity takes place, when you just love Jesus. That's the most important thing, loving Jesus, loving our Lord who died for us, who bled for us, who took our place on the cross, Jesus Christ, because he loves you. And those that are mature, they get it. They realize that It's because of him who's from the beginning. They are lovers of Jesus Christ. There's a friend of ours. She went to be with the Lord, and she used to say all the time, keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Keep it simple, stupid. I don't even like to use the word stupid, as a matter of fact, but she used it a lot. But she meant just keep it simple. It's about Jesus. No one else died for us but Jesus Christ. There's no other name given among men that we might be saved. It's only at the name of Jesus Christ. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Amen is right. Amen. And as we close the study, the the most important thing we have is Jesus. As believers, the, the most maturity we can have is when we stay in that place that we are lovers of Jesus Christ. The Greek word know is gnosko. It means to know him by experience, not just head knowledge. You can't improve on knowing Jesus and having a personal relationship with Jesus. It's nothing profound. It's nothing, I mean, it's nothing, even a child can understand this. Do we love Jesus? As I mentioned earlier, we're helping out these, this elderly couple. They're like 79, 78 years old. And the first time we went to their house, we were concerned with the neighbors. They were in a, a care facility, and 
So they asked us to go to their house to pick up some things and stuff. And so we went to their house and we were concerned the neighbors were thinking, you know, who are we? Have we never met their neighbors or anything like that? So they showed us how to get in their home. So we're there. And so as we're there, one of the neighbors came out and I was like, oh, okay. And she's, so she's, you know, she's like, who are you? And it says, well, we're friends of this family. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor of a church. She goes, well, where are you a pastor of a church? I said, well, Calvary of the Harbor. She goes, Pastor Joe? I said, yeah. She goes, I listen to you on the radio. <laughs> and it was such a blessing just to see, just to, uh, this family, as we've been ministering to them, they've got this radical Christian family right next to them. And it, this lady loves Jesus. It was funny, this couple, this elderly man, their car was sitting for two months in the garage. They, he was in a facility for, at a rehab center for two months. She was in there for, I think, over. She was in the hospital, actually. She had a, her second heart attack. She had two strokes and all. So finally, they're well enough to come home. And so we brought him home. And he wanted to drive his car after not driving for two months. And so I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. So he you know, was able to get him to the car and everything. And and finally, he's there, and click, click, click. It's the battery wasn't running for two months, so the battery's dead, right? So I go, okay, well, I'll fix that. I got jumper cables. I pulled my car up. I got the jumper cables out. I, you know, so I'm looking. I look underneath his hood. There's no battery. <laughs> I'm not big on cars or anything, so I'm looking. I'm looking all over, and he goes, well, he goes, did you get it jumped yet? He says, there's no battery in there. He goes, there's got to be a battery. He says, I'm telling you, I can't find a battery. So I'm on YouTube. I'm trying to figure out. He goes, well, let's just take my truck. And I says, okay, I'll find your key. So I'm looking for I can't find the keys to the truck. They're lost. Can't find them anywhere. I'm looking here. He said, maybe they're there. No, not there. Maybe they're here. Maybe I put them there. Maybe I put them. I'm looking all over, right? So can't find that. Then I find I get on YouTube, and I figure out, you know, there is no battery. Battery is hidden somewhere else, and there's just a terminal, and I found the terminal, and my vehicle doesn't have a battery up front, so I figured out where to get. So I'm on YouTube looking up all this stuff, right? And then Anne, his wife, she says, we forgot to do something first. And I go, what, what? She goes, pray. <laughs> I was like, I'm the minister. <laughs> I said, you're right. Let's pray. We forgot to pray. And I just see that growth taking place. As we close, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's keep seeking the Lord. Let's keep loving the Lord. And let's trust by faith. He's making those changes that are necessary in us. We don't have to work it up. We don't have to make something happen. We just need to follow Jesus. We need to be led in the Spirit. And we need to just watch him work. One more story I want to tell with this, this family. When they finally did get in the car... They had to drive up to Lake Elsinore, and, and I was back here at the church doing all kinds of stuff. I picked up the phone just to call him, wondering, did they make it safe? So I called him, and he says, I, he goes, I just pulled in the driveway. And he says, wow, perfect timing. I says, great, oh, good, you guys made it okay, yeah. So then, you know, he says, we're, we're driving up to Hesperia. I said, okay, well, be careful. I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I'm praying the whole way. Lord, please keep them safe, right? Check this out busyness in the day. Everything's going crazy. You got things going on here. I said, okay, finally got time. I pick up the phone. I call him up. He goes, he goes this is weird. We just pulled in the driveway here at Hesperia. <laughs> so on their way back home, you know, I was just like praying for them. Lord, get them home safe. You know, they've got medical problems. Please, you know, nothing, not, don't let anything happen to them. And then, so I call him again. He's like, we just got off the expressway. I just pulled out and you're calling me again. And this guy's not a believer. 
And I said, then, you know, after that, I ran into him. You know, we, we met up with him like the next day. And then as we met up with him the next day, he's, he tells my wife, he says, well, he says, I need to tell you something. He says, you know, I drove up to my house in Lake Elsinore and, uh, and I get a phone call from a preacher just when I pulled in my driveway. And then he says, then I went to Hesperia, to our, our place in Hesperia. He says, I, I pulled in the driveway. And just as I pulled in the driveway, my phone rings again. It's the pastor again. And then he says, then I just get off the expressway. And then he calls me again. And then she says, well, what do you think that means? He goes, I better listen to my pastor. <laughs> and it's God. I mean, what timing is that? It's Jesus. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.